Bryce's uh uh like when we were when we were like having technical meetings, Bryce often dials in from his kitchen while making bread and other like things. It's amazing. Welcome to ADSP, the podcast, episode 32, recorded on June 5th, 2021. My name is Connor, and today with my co-host, Bryce, we finish up our four-part conversation with Chandler Carruth and Patricia Oss. In this episode, we talk about how to hire inclusively company culture and much more. If you haven't listened to the first three parts of this episode, they'll be linked in the show notes. We highly recommend you do that first, as this is the final chapter of this four-part miniseries. Uh, since since I'm doing this next week, this my my all of my interviews are next week. So I, I do have. Uh, so I wanted to touch on like one of your points. Um, you have one that says build an actually inclusive culture, but I'll put that aside because I'm right now in hiring. So you you hire inclusively. What does that yeah. mean? For me, hiring inclusively means causing the outcome of your hiring process to be an inclusive culture right and and so so it's the first thing to understand is that like i'm i'm a little bit outcome oriented and so i would like the actual experience of the hiring process to also be inclusive that's not my top goal that's a, that's a fairly brief period of time i want the team that i'm building right the organization that i'm building the company whatever it is i want that to be inclusive for for the next you know years right and so, uh, what I'm what I'm aiming at here is like like how can I structure the hiring process and, and every aspect of it to ensure that the resulting team is going to kind of sustain inclusivity and actually be kind of an inclusive and welcoming culture and environment uh, for the long term. So some specific things that that I like to do here. Um, number one thing that I actually like to do. Uh, it's kind of fun. It's it's a bit recursive. It's like to actually talk about inclusivity and hiring for inclusivity in the hiring process. Okay. Um, this has this has a bunch of really great effects. Uh, so if you if you study psychology, um, there's there's this great uh, 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 psychology study done on what changes people's behavior, right? Uh, and so they they ran an experiment where people at a, at a national park in the U.S. were going in and stealing. Uh, um, uh, petrified wood out of this natural park and it's this natural resource, right? Like this takes, I don't know. So however many thousands of years, maybe it's millions. I've, no, I'm not a science person, clearly. Uh, but like, like this base, this petrified wood is this very rare resource. There's a natural park that has a bunch of it and people walk on trails the way they're supposed to, but then they would see something and they just go off the trail and grab themselves a little souvenir, take it back. Uh-huh. So they wanted to stop this because it's like it's finite um, and it's it's depleting this like particular natural resource. People should come to the park and see it, not take it with them. So they tried different techniques of how do you get people to change their behavior. So the first thing they did was they put up a sign that said like, "Don't steal the petrified wood. This is a natural resource, important to preserve. There's like like all the all the really good reasons why you shouldn't do this thing." And they tracked the occurrence of theft. It skyrocketed. <laughs> because, like, if other people are stealing it, that must be a good thing to steal. <laughs> Precisely. It turns out what they did was advertise that taking this stuff was a common occurrence. And people responded by matching that perceived norm. 
And so in psychology, this is the, the perceived norm within a group almost exclusively dictates how people behave in that group. And so they then put a different sign up on the park, which thanked all of the visitors for preserving these petrified wood and not taking it and how appreciative they were and how much they have because people don't take this plummeted all of the theft plummeted right and so this tells us how to influence a group of people you don't tell them well you better not be a jerk if you come to work on my team that isn't going to work that's going to advertise to them, wow, you must have a bunch of jerks on your team if you have to warn off every person you hire about being a jerk. No, 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 no. You want to set the expectation that it is normal, right? That it is, is just the way things happen on the team, that people act inclusively, that they intentionally think about inclusivity, plan for it, and kind of incorporate it into everything they do. Step one, talk to them about how you hire people who are inclusive. Right? Because now you've, you've just, you've just advertised, wow, the person doing the hiring cares about inclusivity. Well, I guess this whole team must, right? And so they come in and their behavior is like, I, you know, I want to fit into, the, I want to, I want to behave in the way that is normal in this group of people. So I'm going to behave that way. Talk about psychological safety in your interview process and you'll cause the person you hire to preserve psychological safety on the team. Um, and so this is, this is the first thing is actually just open up the discussion. And this is also great because it means your strategy to inclusive hire is also transparent hiring, right? You just get to, t you just tell the people you're trying to hire all about the culture that you already have on your team. And by doing so, you cause that culture to exist. Okay. Right. And this is, this is, I, super, I, I, will, super I will use this next week. I mean, the other really fun part about this is uh, you also get a beautiful self-selection bias, yeah. right? If you talk in your hiring process about inclusivity and you make it super clear how important this is and how fundamental it is to having the whole, the whole team's culture and how everyone really prioritizes it, people who are not interested in participating in that kind of a group or adhering to that norm of behavior will not take the job. Yeah. And that was your goal, yeah. right? Yeah. I've been wondering, but I've been wondering how to say that though. Like, how do I, how, what, how do I present that? And that's been an issue. Like, I, 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 I've been thinking, like, I've been, I joked with, uh, with, uh, with uh, someone I talked to the other day. It's like, I can't go in and say, I was like, you might work, you know, you might work next to a, a, a gay person or a trans person or, you know, uh, you know, a woman or, you know, a young person or an old person or, you know, how are you like, I can't, I, I can't say that it did it be. It... So I don't, I don't quite agree. I actually think you can say that. So I like as a concrete question that I, I love to ask people, like, in order to hire inclusively, right? Like, let's talk about, let's talk about team dynamics. It's like, so imagine you come onto the team and you're in a team meeting. And, you know, one of your colleagues uh, gets misgendered. And, oh, let me, let me explain what misgendering means, right? So for the trans community, if someone uses the wrong pronouns, right, it can be really, really uh, frustrating because the person is already struggling with their gender identity. This is a very sensitive topic. And it's a mistake, right? And so it's kind of this compounding factor for them. Okay, so now imagine you're in a team meeting and someone misgenders one of your colleagues and you, you realize this. What things would you do? And here's the best part. 
It doesn't matter if they have a good answer. The secret here is that it's not about like, and it's fine if someone is, if you're interviewed and someone asks you one of these inclusivity questions and you're like, oh my gosh, I haven't thought about that. I'm not sure what to do. That's fine, right? The actual question is how are you going to respond to the hypothetical, even if you don't have a good that, response? That that's you fine. have a trans colleague. Right? You have a trans colleague now. You've, you've surfaced, this is, this is a thing you better be prepared for. And so the self-selection starts, right? And then you also get to see, right, like, are you, do you want to know what you should do? Or do you not, or are you frustrated that this has even been brought up, right? These are the kinds of distinctions you're actually looking for. And so, so it's also an easy interview question for people to pass. They don't need, there isn't a right answer in the sense of like the right thing to do. The right answer is to, you know, not be upset, to not like fear this, to, right? To have any caring. And, and I think this is a great way to interview folks. Yeah, no, right? I, 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 I will, it's, it's going in the book. <laughs> it, it should be clear too although there may not be a right answer there is definitely yes. wrong answers to yes. that question there are lots of but, wrong but answers. i think that's, that's and, but i think that's a good thing both ways like you know oh no if, so, if someone responds by saying i really don't think that should be an issue that we care about in our work like you okay well you've now got a very clear signal on on where yeah, to go and, with that you're, you're, and, and and i then that you know that person will not be happy in, in in this company so so it's better for both of us that we part ways uh because you know that's that's not and these are, these are the questions i like the most are the ones that have like just tremendous signal to noise ratios right and also kind of telegraph exactly what the person is coming into because it means that they're not just good signal to noise ratio for you the interviewer they're also good signal to noise for the interviewee. I I, so like, I really I really like that because this is something I've been struggling with. Like, how do I signal? How do I signal this? Uh, and also, also, I want to 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 make sure that somebody coming in that might be uh, might be in the closet in some way, or or might be you know might be trans, but but uh, like I can't tell, you know. Uh, to for them to realize that that's okay and you know and that uh, that they'll be safe and they can be who they want to be uh, but I have to signal that in some way um, and and doing that signaling I, I yeah it's going to be a challenge this week for me I mean another another thing that I really like for hiring inclusive inclusively is uh so, so uh, I used to think this was a really silly thing, and I'm now totally, I'm a total convert to it. Uh, is to have a team culture document to actually just have have your team write down what their culture is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like my team at Google has a team culture document. It's it's massive. I mean, we're talking like pages and pages and pages. Um, and and the point isn't that everyone's going to read all of it. They're going to read the pieces of it that they care about, uh, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the the other really nice thing here is is just. Uh, uh, once you have this written down, just share it with candidates yeah. directly. And like a lot of people are like, oh, but like, is that, is that appropriate? I'm like, why not? Just be like, here's, we, we just took the time to write down what we think the, the culture of our team is. Happy to share it with you. If you have questions about it, let me know. Um, it's super long. Like, don't feel like you need to read all of it. Like, there's no quiz. Do you, but do if you, you have send it questions in advance about of the interview? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sure. Or just give a link to it and be like, you know, if you're interested, feel free to take a look. If you have questions, feel free to ask them in the interview. Do you, right? Do you have an example one that 
I'd like I, I'm just thinking like I'd I'd love to make one of those for my team. Do yeah. you know of any example ones that are out there? I was going to say Netflix. Uh, they wrote they had a whole book written uh, called No Rules Rules, which is literally a whole book. Yeah. On, I, I, I don't uh, want to read a book. <laughs> also, I'm not sure that's 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 the best it's, example. It's it's not a great well. I don't want to say it's not a. It's a different culture. Let's say yeah. that. And they t- they try to make that point across in the book that like, it's not a company for everyone. If it's the company for you, you'll love it here. But it's a, it's a very very different culture. And and to their credit, like they're very upfront about that. Yeah. Like um, they're, they say like straight up in the book, like you know sometimes we get bad press, but our company is not designed to be like the company for everyone. Um, it's designed to be the company for a certain set of people. And we're searching for those people um, anyways. But yeah, that's probably not. No, a good no, but I, I think, I think it is, <laughs> is a good example because it's, it's a good example because it's a totally different culture. And so, so they are, are, are advertising their culture. They're explaining what the culture is. They're allowing people to self-select into that or self-select out of that. And even if that is a different culture than maybe the culture that I'm, uh, I, I want to make then then looking at how they do that I think could be useful and in, in like how can I communicate like one of the things that we did uh, and the reason why we waited so long to to do the hiring we we're planning to hire this year and that was like the plan from like January but what we spent the whole time is making a web page on a website which is called like working and and it's basically explains uh, who we are as a company, how we're structured, uh, how all the working, uh, like all of the work stuff, like it even has the pay. So you can figure out like, what will I be paying? <laughs> you can, mm-hmm. and, and it has like your pension and everything, like what, how, like sick pay, like, uh, you know, parental leave, all sorts of like, like lots of stuff. And we wrote it down and then we put it in the ad. So that, and the idea was that then people could read through that and they could figure out, does this is this for me or not and then choose to apply or not but it's just the link from the ad the ad is like super short because it's basically like do you code and could be interested in security basically uh and here's <laughs> what it's like to work for us uh but but i think i could i think we could make like more a culture thing but but then i think maybe i want to make that with these new people when they show up because currently we're so small I think we need more people to. I'm sure you have an idea, like building a culture with a team is a great idea, but I'm sure you have an idea of some of the, the, the principles and like the foundation of things that you want to see in, in that team that you're yeah. building. Right. But I, I, it becomes very dominated by me. I think. <laughs> that can be okay though. <laughs> and here's, here's also the a different approach. So what, what we do is we have the stock, right. And so like I wrote, I wrote one of them. Uh, I, wrote, I wrote kind of uh, 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 the first version. It was based on one that, uh, you know, colleague that some of you may know, Titus wrote um, one for his team. And I kind of looked at that and took some ideas from this and synthesized one. And actually our larger org has adopted it. We're hope, I'm hoping that I'll actually be able to share this document at some point because uh, I need, but I need to figure out how I get like the okay to just publish this. Cause I just want to publish our can, team. Can, like, uh, even if you document. don't publish it publicly, like, could you like, could I get it? <laughs> Well, maybe maybe by the fourth episode of this uh, mini series with yeah. uh, Chandler and Patricia, we can link it in the show notes. Maybe yeah, check the show notes if it's there. Chandler got the okay. Yeah, uh, <laughs> or like just the index. I, I, I don't know. Just the index, you know. Just <laughs> the 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 other though. The interesting thing about how how we do this to to kind of keep it from becoming 
kind of because you also don't want this to be exclusive, right? Like, oh well, but are you allowed to like participate? And so every time someone joins the team, you don't just share the the team culture document with them. You also share it and say, and please contribute anything that's missing or or suggest changes. Yeah. This is it's got to be a living document. Yeah. And you just have to anchor people in, like, this is a living document. It is never meant to stay static. Yeah. And so as new people, as you hire people, right, you can write the first version. Yeah. And that's fine. Okay. But as you hire people, okay. you say, like, when you join the team, you're going to get to, you know, uh, put your fingers, your fingerprints on this. You're going to get to put your impression on it if there's stuff that you think should be in the culture document that isn't. Or things okay. that are in it that you don't think make sense. Okay. And then it just I, keeps evolving, right? Yeah. Okay. So then I could write, like, a but first back, draft and then... It could be something yeah. that grows over time. But go back to the sign, right? You, you want to set expectations and you want to establish the norms um, because otherwise it can be really, really hard. Something that I've watched a lot of organizations struggle with um, is uh, this, this actually gets into you know some of the other things, right? Like how do you resolve misaligned incentives between organizations? One of the things that I watch organization after organization struggle with is when the organization came into existence without this clear and established set of norms, especially around things like inclusivity, changing the culture afterward is, in my opinion, the hardest thing to do for organizations. It's so hard that I, I have almost no examples of it being done successfully. Um, the, the, the psychology study that I'm mentioning is also cited by uh, Harvard Business Review and some other groups. And, and the thing they talk about is like, well, okay, so if you run an organization and you want to change its culture, how do you do that? It already, there are already norms, right? They already exist. Um, and about the only way that anyone succeeded at doing this is you basically have to have an incredibly persuasive group of leaders that everyone in the organization will, will really look up to and admire. And within that small group, all of you have to unanimously decide to go and project a new norm into the group. And if you basically get a single leader that's not engaged and not trying it, this whole thing fails because you can't overcome the existing norms. So this is this is um, sort of related to your previous thing of, of, of like this this group mentality and, and a leader and, and losing or winning and projecting uh, enthusiasm versus and, yeah. and how it, it, it kind of goes through the entire group and they kind of all get in, yeah. pulled into it. Okay. So, so and yeah. The easy way is, is to just, and like there's the, the great comic about inclusivity. It's like, you know, all of the, all of the, what is it? Red colored uh, fingers say, Oh, you look different. We don't want you here. And they're like, fine. And the green colored ones like, fine, we'll go make our own space over here. Right. But there is a trick here. Right. So, so one thing that you can actually do is you can use this psychological factor against people because the easiest way is if you create a new space and you put a sign at the door that says, by the way, everyone in this space likes to do X. Then everyone who walks through the door sees that sign. It's like, oh, I guess here we're going to do X, right? We're going to be inclusive, right? And, and so, so this moving into a new space is one of the easiest ways to do this. Um, and so now you can see how you can align the psycho psychological incentive with what the organization wants to do. So one of the, best tech tactics for changing culture is to cause people to feel like they have changed where they are, right? Feel like there is some movement that they're coming to a new thing. 
there is actually one I think really good example of a company that did reinvent itself and uh, change its culture, and that company is Microsoft under yeah. under Satya Nadella. Yeah. And uh, there's a whole book written on it called Hit Refresh, and it basically has like a couple chapters where it talks about how when Satya was like tapped on the shoulder for the role of CEO, he knew that like this kind of reset and exactly what Chandler was saying, like where they put this sign and, you know, we used to be a company that innovated and that was like the pioneer of the technology industry. And if you, if you know, if you've been ta- paying attention to the tech world, like the reputation that Microsoft had a decade ago versus now where they're building out VS Code, which has become one of the most popular uh, editors in the world. And it supported Linux first before it supported Windows, like that would have been like unheard of. And like everyone was scared when they bought GitHub and it's it's just been nothing but like good things. And um, so the, yeah, it, it is very rare that it happens, but there are some good examples out like, you know, maybe less than I can count on one hand that I know of. The way he framed it though was essential. It was about a new Microsoft, not just a new culture. It was a new Microsoft. They were going to change where they were so that people would actually change their behavior when they moved into the new space, right? And this is so much easier than trying to get people to change their behavior uh, without a new space. So, um, so, it's, 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 just, so it's, it's sort of like a branding process, a rebranding process. Uh, hopefully, hopefully I won't have to do that. <laughs> I mean, but it's, for me, this is, this is kind of a, a, a fun thing because you can, you can, this, this whole tactic works even if you tell people what you're doing, like you don't have to be sneaky. There's no need to like mislead anyone. You can go up to a group of people and say, we need to change our culture. In order to do that, I'm going to, we're going to create this artificial construct of a new version of our team. And we're all going to move over to this new version of our team. Like you've just given it all away, right? It still works. It still is effective because it's just about like it's just about having kind of a reason for people to internalize the change, right? It's it's, it's about framing. It's not about it being like the secret thing. If people can think about this as, oh, I'm moving into the new Microsoft. I already work at Microsoft, but I'm going to be in the new Microsoft. Then they're going to internalize the need to change their norms and change their behaviors. Whereas if instead they're be, they 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 think of this as, oh, I'm bad in and need to change. Like if it, as opposed to like something I can do versus something that I'm just being chastised for. And you get this defensive thing. It's like, no, my culture isn't bad. I don't need to change my culture. Why would I change my culture? How dare you tell me that I have a bad culture? Like, no, I, I'm going to stick with this, right? I, I like and, and this. And it's just an amazing this, difference this is of perception. Like, I, 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 I can't apply it next week, but this I can apply like in my, you know, in my life. And I, It ties back to what Bryce was saying too about uh, – like it's inspiring people that like this is something like when you read if you read hit refresh uh which is the book that like documents it like people were like they were so excited like when satya got up on stage and was talking about this like new microsoft like people there have been people that have been working at microsoft back when it used to have that reputation of like it was it was this pioneer of the industry and and now here was someone that was full circle saying Let's get back to that. Like we're going to, it's going to take time. It's going to be hard, but we can, and like it, I'm sure the book is biased to a certain extent. They want to tell a good story, but it, uh, from reading it, I was like, oh man, this is like, you could feel the excitement coming off the pages. No, I have to read it now.
I am also I also wrote down the no rules rules Elsa. <laughs> yeah, def- hit refresh is definitely a better. Uh, it's a more it's a more exciting read. No rules rules is it's a very like chapter three uh, onto this part of the culture. Chapter four and <laughs> it's interesting read. But, ha, ha, um, do you have like any book from Nvidia like on Nvidia culture? I don't. Not that I know of. We've got GPU gems like one, two, and three. There, there, there are some like <laughs> internal documents in a few places that that that, that talk about it. Um, but uh, but Nvidia is also a um, Nvidia is a smaller, like an order of magnitude smaller than Microsoft, and 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 it doesn't have as specialized, I'm going to say, uh, 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 culture as Netflix. And so I think because of that, there has not been a uh, a desire or a need to 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 write something um, quite as extensive. Nvidia's culture is is very interesting because Nvidia has it doesn't have a lot of established hierarchy, which is really it, it's something I absolutely love about the company. It's one of the reasons why <laughs> I was going to say it's great for Bryce. Uh. <laughs> um, uh, you know, when I when I started at Nvidia, I was hired to work on one thing and when they started they told me there's no product manager for this thing so you'll sort of have to do that and at some point i just sort of decided one day like all right you know like i'm not i'm gonna just decide that i want to expand the scope of what i'm doing so i'm just gonna start calling myself i'm just gonna start saying that i am the c plus plus core compute libraries team and like nobody nobody stopped me from doing that this, i just i synthesize the team this is what is saying here you are you're making yeah. the room and you are naming the room and you are saying right. if you want to be in this team then you should move into this room with me yeah and and the great thing about nvidia is that nvidia is a is a place where nobody's going to nobody's going to go and tell you you can't do that because you didn't go and do it the proper way um, you might, you know, of course it's, it's not a place where there's no rules. You, you know, if there's something that you can't do for a good reason, you'll get told that, but you're, you're not going to get blocked solely on, on, on process and on progress. And so you can, in many ways you can shape your own destiny at NVIDIA, which I is really appealing to me. But on the other hand, you know, for some people, they really like having a clearly established hierarchy and like, you know, sort of knowing how things work, um, uh, you know, what they should be doing, etc. And so for, for, for that sort of person, it, it might be, you know, the NVIDIA lack of structure might be scary. It might be intimidating. Um, yeah, I, I only have like a baby example for that. But I remember at Opera in the beginning, uh, it went of agile and all of that. Uh, we introduced Agile and we basically did all the things. Uh, we read the books and then we did all the things. Um, and one of the things that I found interesting was that some of us who were very self-driven and, and didn't really need much structure and, and we, we, we planned our days and we knew what we were going to do and we found it to be overhead mostly. It's just, okay, yeah, we can do all of these things, but we still know what we need to do, so we just need to do those things. But some people... They absolutely loved it. They felt like they finally had some structure and something, mm. you know, and a list. And, and for them, this was like an amazing experience. And I found it very interesting how we could come at the same culture, because this was also a culture change, and, and get totally different experiences. 
so yeah. I, I agree with you that some people they don't like working like that oh wow oh look at that is this <laughs> sharing properly <laughs> So we, we probably have to start wrapping up soon, but this might be a great uh, way uh, to, to wrap up is that there's this meme that I someone shared with me when I was at Amazon of the different uh, corporate structures uh, across, what are the six companies? Amazon, Google, Facebook, Microsoft, Apple, Oracle. <laughs> I, uh, the Microsoft yeah, is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, the different, uh, the different Warren organizations. Yeah. <laughs> I think NVIDIA's would look the most like Facebook's, where it's just like a disorganized, uh, a disorganized collection of, of nodes that are connected with no, no real clear hierarchy. I, I think that would work for me, actually. I, I, I think I would, that kind of organization would work for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting what, like, what, what, what you were saying about Agile, uh, Patricia, because, you know, I, I, um, I, I maintain, I do task tracking for my team on Trello, but I don't impose it on anybody else. It's like, it's, it's task tracking that I do for me to know what I'm expecting the folks on my team to be. And it's not even that, it's really for me to know what they are doing right now. But I sort of like, you know, if, if it, if it works for them, if they want to use that as the way to track, great. If they want to do, if they want to use something else, that's great. It's, it's, but like, it's there for me to keep an eye on things, not for me to impose anything upon them. But I, I think, I think that's a, that's a good idea. Uh, because that gives the possibility of having different kinds of people. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think we have a tendency to want everyone to be the same so they fit into the same system. And if you can have people being able to control their day more themselves and, and the people who need more structure, have more structure and the people who, who yeah. yeah. I'm, I guess I'm, I'm lucky in that um, the sort of role that I'm in and the sort of team that I'm building, um, it's primarily senior engineers um, are doing the sort of work that we're doing. Um, uh, there aren't, it's not, it's not the sort of work where you would staff it up with a large number of junior engineers. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and because of that, um, I don't really have to deal with overseeing more junior engineers in that, um, you know, that means that the folks that I'm working with are people who are mostly self-sufficient. They're mostly people that I just sort of got to point them in the right direction. And I'm, I'm very, I'm very blessed in that regard that, uh, that they're all, uh, you know, fairly fairly senior and, and self-sufficient yeah no right now we're hiring seniors but definitely in the future that's something that's going to be a whole other thing like how to to uh, to take in juniors and 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 help them uh, evolve yeah. and and develop and that's but we're not doing that this time so <laughs> i'm just gonna push that problem <laughs> to some other time we we can come back on yeah. and have another three yeah, hour we'll podcast in uh, uh whenever whenever that yeah, happens. Like, uh, like two years, <laughs> two years. <from> that. <laughs> all right, we probably should start to start to wrap up. But yeah, thank you so much for taking all this time. You've literally given us so much gold content. Um, maybe we'll do two Papa John's episodes. We don't know. Thanks for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this four part miniseries. And once again, thank you to Chandler and Patricia for spending so much time with us. Have a great day.